Good evening, Dominica, the Caribbean, and the rest of the world. It is Tuesday, and it is once again to get powered up for another week right here with Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. And before I forget, I want to wish a very special happy birthday to my brother, Mr. Winston House, who celebrated his birthday yesterday, December 6th. So again, happy happy birthday to the best brother in the entire world, Mr. Wayne Senhouse out there in New Rochelle, uh, New York. So again, welcome to the program. It is great to be here with you as we get powered up for the for the week ahead. Uh, this is Untapped Potential and we are happy to be in your company for yet another program. I wish I could be celebrating the weather down here in Georgia, but unfortunately it is quite dreary down here. Uh, the temperatures are pretty mild but we have not seen the sun since Sunday so uh, we're looking forward to brighter days ahead and I hope that the weather in your area is spectacular so this is the program this is the program we stop by every week uh, to get powered up for the week with great conversation great music and an inspirational guest as well as a, a motivational uh, bit of information for the week. So this week is no exception. Our guest today is going to be Miss Abigail Christmas, and she is the founder of a group called Perfect in My Own Skin. Because as you know, there is so much influence on social media that is impacting our young people, especially our young women. So Miss Abigail Christmas stopped by last week for our Facebook Live session to tell us all about the important work that she's doing to combat all the negative media, all the negative images that our young people are exposed to and just teaching our young people to accept themselves as they are uh, perfect in their own skin. So again, it is great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, today we have a special song from you for you from Mr. Justin Alfred. And if you know, um, I played one of his other songs during the uh, the Creole celebration and he has yet another great song. So I think Justin is a good example of what we are trying to accomplish with this program to encourage everyone to follow their life goals. And Justin has many other careers, but one of his passions is being a singer. So it looks like he's putting out quite a bit of music recently. So we are very happy to be able to feature his music. So enjoy this particular number from Justin, um, as he calls 
of it at least we forget a very powerful solemn number as it relates to Christmas so enjoy this number and then stay tuned for a portion of Abigail's interview that we were able to conduct via Facebook live and of course you want to remain for after the interview to find out about all the other uh, work that we're doing in terms of promoting and celebrating who we are as Caribbean people so again enjoy this number from Mr. Justin Alfred list we forget as we get the program off and on. Christmas 
you struggling to pay your bills? Has your income been impacted by COVID-19? Are you on track with securing your family's financial future? Let Badui Financial Services be your guide in this ever-changing world. From budgeting and finally eliminating your debt to protecting your income and leaving a financial legacy for your family. Badui Financial Services is your one-stop shop for securing your financial future. Give them a call today at 864-607-1361. That number again, 864-607-1361. Badui Financial Services, Integrity and Service is our commitment to you. Give them a call Good evening, everyone. My name is Abigail Christmas, as Simone mentioned. I am joining from Barbados right now, but I am Dominican, and my project is based in Dominica to promote body positivity, self-awareness, and self-esteem in women. I also work to ensure that there is no discrimination against physical appearances and no body shaming, as we see this is a norm right now. Absolutely. So I'm very happy to joining us here, Abigail, to talk about the important work that you're doing. So kind of just tell us how all of this got started, your own personal experiences, and why you, de- you decided to embark on this journey. Okay. Well, perfecting my own skin was actually developed through the efforts of a training I did with the Girl Guys Association on the the World Association of Girl Guys and Girl Scouting. They have an advocacy forum every year where they choose women from every or some of the member organization across the world to promote body positivity under their Free Being Me um, project. So I did this training last year and to kind of climax the training you had to develop a project of your own to promote that in your region so i came up with perfecting my own skin it was launched in december 2020 and i must say so far it has been going well because i have been achieving my goal in raising awareness on the issue and i must bring in my my experience so you could understand why i was so intrigued to do such a project In primary school, I was bullied a lot for the way I looked. And I came to realize that it was just a trend because people used to make fun of me in primary school about my full lips. And when I was in high school, I realized that celebrities and so many other people were trying to have full lips, doing all kinds of things to have full lips. I had it naturally and I hated it. But I came to realize society makes you hate things about yourself only to later say that it is acceptable. Boys boys were always about um, my full lips when I was in high school. And that was different than what was happening when I was growing up. Because when I was growing up, everybody made fun of it. 
in high school too, I was thin and tall and everybody used to make fun of me, my thin legs, my thin long legs. Then I put on a little weight in college and everyone was like, I'm getting too fat. The, all of that made me realize that no matter what you do, what you look, there will always be people who don't accept it. And all this streams from social media and the media on a whole, because they create that unrealistic ideal of what beauty is supposed to look like. And everyone feels like if they don't look like that, if they don't look like a Barbie doll, they are not good enough. This is what my project is about. My project is about letting everyone know that they should accept themselves and love themselves for who they are because what we see on social media, what we see in the media, it's unrealistic and trying to achieve that will make you hate yourself only to realize when you achieve it, the trend will change and we'll have to do something completely different to feel acceptable again. Yes, thank you for that. So today we are talking about body positivity. We are talking about, in particular, the effect of social media, such as Facebook and Instagram. And if you've been paying attention, there's been a lot of backlash against Instagram for all the, you know, filtered photos that um, many of our young women are looking up to. And I know for many of us, because I know the age of my viewers, we might be thinking, well, you know what, this is not for me. I am confident in who I am. I don't have body um, image problems. But think about the young ladies in your life, right? You may have daughters, you may have nieces, you may have, you know, just young people that you care about. And we are focusing here uh, today on the young ladies, but we also have to keep in mind that young boys, are impacted by a lot of what is shown on social media as well. So we're going to have a conversation today. We're going to have a conversation about body image, um, self-confidence, and just what media portrays that may be impacting our young. So Abigail, kind of just walk us through how you got started, what you started doing, and how you've gained momentum. And as I see our Facebook audience is coming in, first of all, I want to thank you for being here. We also want to remember to thank our sponsors, TDN Radio and Badui Financial Services. But I have a question for you on Facebook. At what age do you think um, young people should be allowed to have social media accounts? So at what age should young people be allowed to have social media accounts? And just to throw another question in, at what age should they even have cell phones? Because as we know, the access to the internet and social media comes through Facebook. So I'm looking forward to interacting with you as you come on in through the Facebook Live. And we want to thank everyone who's always sharing our Facebook videos and our information. So we continue to grow. We're at 20 thousand visitors a month. So I really want to thank everyone who will share this video. So Abigail, over to you, just how exactly you had the concept. It was part of a project. And then what? How did you, where did you go from there? Okay, well, Simone, I believe that raising awareness comes through collaborations. And if I try to do this project on my own, I will never achieve my goal in reaching people. I will never reach a wide audience by doing it by myself. So from inception, I tried to partner with different people. 
try to have discussions, including different people, someone from mental health, someone from youth, someone who can speak on the perspective of older people, because my project is actually not only for young ladies, but it's from the age range of 10 to 50 years old. And I'm in the process of revisiting this, um, and you will know later why I say I'm in the process of revisiting it. Um, this project has had a few, quite a few panel discussion over the, the year. And next month will be a year since we have launched this project. And I have a, 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 a group of young ladies assisting me with spreading awareness. I post on social media, different quotes, different posters. I have had panel discussions in recognition of International Day of the Girl that was most recently held in October and International Women's Day. Tomorrow, I will be having another event to showcase diversity, beauty in diversity. This will be a photo shoot. So I try to do different things to raise awareness. I will be, if there was no COVID-19, in the perfect world without COVID-19, I would have a much larger spectrum. I would be able to do physical activities, but right now, because of the restrictions we have, I am forced to use online platforms to spread awareness. However, before the lockdown happened this year, I reached out to the youth division and I was able to attend 4-H club meetings on the Western District to spread awareness with the permission of the youth division, of course. I raised awareness, I spoke to the 4-H students and I got very good feedback from them. So I'm hoping that when this lockdown and COVID restrictions are lifted, I am able to go back to schools and raise awareness because that is my plan. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And, you know, you mentioned the age range from 10, but we had a prior conversation and you're telling me that you're getting feedback from girls as young as six. Can you just yes. tell us some of what these very young children are saying to you with regards to their own body image, what they think about themselves? Yes. So in developing this project, I, I thought that from younger than 11 and 10 years old, you may not have an idea of what that is. But I was proven wrong when I had a discussion with a group of younger girls. And some of them, as young as six years old, were telling me things they didn't like about themselves. There was this very little girl, and she was beautiful. She had a mole somewhere in her face. And I was having this discussion with them. She raised her hand, and she was like, Miss Christmas? I do not like myself. I said, why don't you like yourself? She said, my mole makes me ugly, so I don't like my mole. I want to remove it. And I had to tell her that was one of the most beautiful things about her. It was a beauty mark. And she didn't even realize that was one of her features that made her the beautiful person she is. And that was what led me to realize that this is a bigger issue. It's affecting children even younger than I thought, which is why I am trying to revisit my plan of having children from 11 and 10 years old and going to the younger children because it's an issue they face, although they are not fully 
aware of how to express it. It's an issue they are going through and they are being bullied by their peers because of these things. You know, and let's, uh, you know, we're having a candid conversation. So let's just be honest here because we've all had insecurities. I don't think any of us can, can genuinely say that we don't have insecurities. So the young girl mentioned her mole. For me, I have skin discoloration. So as a young child, I was very conscious the fact that I had like two-tone skin, I used to call it. So I would try to wear anything that would cover up my arms, my hands, because I did not want to show it. I had a cousin who her calf muscles, you say her guajam, <laughs> her guajam was, uh, you know, pronounced. And she would literally allow one of us to walk behind her if she was wearing everything that showed her legs. I think we all have insecurities, but I think what you're talking about here is the ability to not allow those insecurities to impact your confidence as a young person. Would that be correct? Right. right. What I'm trying to do is to get people to fully accept themselves. Once you are aware of your flaws, you embrace those flaws, no one will be able to use that against you and bring you down. So what my goal is, is to get people to be aware of themselves. Yes, that is a flaw. Yes, I recognize that is a flaw. But all of these flaws are what make me unique. All of these flaws makes me me. And I accept myself because of that. Let's use the analogy of roses and sunflowers. I love sunflowers, by the way. Everyone, for romantic gestures, they try to use roses. But a sunflower doesn't say because the rose is more is beautiful, it's more beautiful than me. The sunflower stands tall and the sunflower knows it's beautiful, although people are gravitated to roses. We all need to accept that we are beautiful in our own right. The Bible itself says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, we made us in his image and likeness. So if he made me in his image and he made you in his image, we both look different. But that just goes to say we are both beautiful in our own way because the heavenly father is beautiful. Absolutely. Very well said. And I think the deeper conversation that we're having here is just talking about societal standards. And I have to say, as I chime in on the important work that you're doing, it is wonderful to see that, you know, in the past, the standard beauty for a woman was, you know, the long haired American white woman. And that was the standard many of us, even in the Caribbean, were trying to live up to. But now it seems like we're embracing our skin more. We're embracing our luscious lips and our big booties and our natural hair. So I think that is the, the, the deeper conversation that we're having today in terms of a change in the standards of beauty. In our what are your thoughts on that? Well, it comes back to social media being the, the biggest narrator of it, right? The whole accepting your afros, accepting your, your dark skin, melanin power, this all, everyone was gravitated to it when trends started on social media and the media started to showcase this more. So as I said earlier, everything is kind of in like trends, seasons. So someone would have feel, felt bad because of an afro before. But now, since it is trendy, everyone wants to go back to their natural hair. Everyone embraces their natural hair. 
However, whilst I'm on the topic of natural hair, you see a lot of times people accept their natural hair if they have a little curls. If you are not able to put a little kinky, coily, coily um, moisturizer in your hair and just, and just leave your hair as you wash it dry and normal, people don't accept that. For that, your, your hair is coarse. But if your hair is in an afro and you have curly hair, everyone accepts this. Mm-hmm. Everything, all of both of them is um, afros, but because one is is not the same texture as the other, it is not accepted. So as I said, it's because of trends. And I'm happy that the media kind of showcase black women, black beauty right now. But how long will this last? And when this trend is over, will our women still appreciate themselves? Mm-hmm. The question remains. And I am trying to ensure that when this trend ends, everyone is comfortable enough to accept themselves whenever the, the media says that, no, you are not beautiful again. Right now, we are looking at um, mixed women. Mixed women are beautiful. Black women are not beautiful. And that whole issue of Afros not being accepted, dark skin not being beautiful, all of this comes back into play. Our women need to be able to stand on their feet and say, yes, I'm beautiful, regardless of what the media says. Yes, and that is truly powerful because I think where we also see backlash is in the workplace, at the schools, where the young girls are saying, and exactly what you just mentioned, um, you know, you, you have to tame that Afro. The Afro is, but yet if it's an Afro and it's curly, it is more acceptable. And I think you also bring up a a very um, important point as well, because as you were talking, I'm just thinking that, yes, we have a lot of uh, women and men as well who are embracing the skin that they're in right now. But then we look at places like Jamaica, where women are still bleaching their skins. And I was astonished when I recently found out this information that women are still bleaching their skins and the horror, and it truly is a horror, uh, behind that is not only are you deforming your skin and denying your identity, but what happens is their knuckles, their elbows, their earlobes remain black. Mm -hmm. So, so, So what are your thoughts on that? Well, this all comes back to not believing in yourself, not accepting yourself for who you are. I want it to be more like an unrealistic thing you see on social media. Because I believe the only reason, if it's not that you have a skin condition and you, you may be genuinely trying to bal- balance your, your, your tone of your skin using bleach to just because I don't want to be black. That is not that is not good because you see that a lot of people say self-love, self-love, self-love. And they think that self-love is doing your nails regularly and doing your hair regularly. But they don't realize self-love goes much deeper than that. Self-love is accepting yourself fully for who you are and not trying to change it because you would like to be more like your friend or you feel like your friend is a little more beautiful than you. So you try everything in your power to be more beautiful and after you do your hair and you do your nails you post on facebook self-love i'm on fleek you go in your corner and you cry because you you think to yourself my friend and i went out and although i did all that and i scream at the top of my voice saying self-love i still don't love myself so the dark real the dark reality it 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 kind of resonates with, with these women 
after because they know what they are doing is because they don't accept themselves for who they are. And I'm trying to get that point across that you need to accept yourself for who you are. If you yes, don't accept well. yourself, no one will accept you. Yes, very well said. And if you're just joining us, we're speaking with a very eloquent uh, Miss Abigail Christmas from Dominica, currently in Barbados, where she's studying law and political science, right? Yes. Yes. And it's, we're talking today about the effects of social media, the effects of society on our most vulnerable population and all about truly getting in touch with what is self-love and how we can ensure that especially our young girls, our young ladies know that they're beautiful no matter their size, no matter the complexion of their skin, and no matter their hair color. And I have to relay this uh, important example as we're having this conversation because these, these uh, topics hit home so close to home that, you know, I have a, a young daughter and when she was first born, she has her dad's complexion, so she's dark. And I had a, a, a friend in there and she came to the house and her first words when she saw my daughter was, oh, she's such a beautiful, chunky monkey. And I'm saying this not because I think she was being mean, not because I think she really thought my daughter looks like a monkey, because that is an expression that Americans use to describe little kids because they think it's cute and they think it's, you know, innocent. Oh, you little chunky monkey, right? But to me, as a black woman, I saw it different. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This is how names get attached to our children. And there's some names I don't want to be attached to my, my little African-American daughter. And I, I told her, she said it twice. And the second time I told her, sorry, don't call my daughter Chunky Monkey. She's, she's not a Chunky Monkey. She's a beautiful little black girl. You know what I mean? So I think what I'm saying here is the importance of the names we allow people to attach to our kids, right? So they might say, oh, you have a big forehead. And in Dominica and the Caribbean, we love to talk about people's nose. I don't know what it is, but we love to talk about people's nose. Your nose is too big, too round. So kind of just talk about that because that is where the body images stem from. I'm happy you brought that up because a lot of the times we see that low self-esteem starts at home because mm -hmm. your family member or your close friend may make a, something they think is a joke, but to mm -hmm. you, it does a lot more damage because that remains with you. Like someone, I glad, I'm glad you mentioned the, the forehead. A lot of people try to say, you have so much of a big forehead. That can stay with someone forever. Like, you know, there used to be a time where everyone used to be like, Rihanna, Rihanna is not pretty. She has a big forehead. Now, everybody is in love with Rihanna. Everybody forgot about that big forehead because Rihanna didn't make that forehead deter her. Everyone was on social media posting about her forehead, but she still made money. She still accepted herself for who she was, and she is still beautiful. She knew she was beautiful. But as a child, with someone constantly telling you, something about yourself oh you're too fat you know you grow up trying to to accept yourself but every time you look at yourself you are reminded that someone you looked up to or someone you felt was close to you or supposed to be motivating you kept on ringing in your head you're so fat 
And some people go as far as saying, nobody will ever want to be your friend if you're that fat. You know, some families have different ways of expressing these things and they don't realize, sometimes it's innocently, but they don't realize the damage they are doing because these words can leave a scar that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, I was and speaking with this young lady. Yeah, go ahead. I was speaking with this young lady. She told me she was a little bit on the chubby side when she was growing up. And all through high school, she was big, bigger than her peers. And the first thing people would tell, tell her, even her, her um, friends, you may be eating too much. And I'm not saying that perfecting my own skin is harboring unhealthy um, body sizes. I'm not saying that if you are being and you are unhealthy, that you should just accept, well, that's the way I am and not try to help yourself. What I'm trying to say is how we comment on these things and not helping the situation, adding insult to injury, that's what it is. So you have to know how to approach people and how to tell people certain things. Right, and, and you know, it goes back to that old adage, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can do me no harm. Right. Words does a lot of harm. A lot, a lot of harm. Words can harm people. Words can, because sticks and stones, let's just look at it. Sticks and stones. If I am beating you with a stick, Simone, after a while, that pain will stop because the, the stick is no longer beating your skin. But the words, I will say something to you, I will discriminate As you, I will embarrass you, and you will remember it forever. Yes. And, and then the other thing it brings to mind is, well, you say my forehead is too big. You say my nose is too big. I mean, what do you want me to do about it? Exactly. You cannot change it in an instant. What is the, the purpose of commenting on it? Why even bring it up if the person is not something that is that is the person's fault? I didn't make my nose. I didn't make my forehead. I cannot change it right now. So, so what, what is the issue? And, you know, another thing I've realized is people will be at you. Your nose is too big. Your nose is too big. Your nose is too big. But the moment you, you decide, well, I'm going to get plastic surgery. I'm going to fix my nose because no one accepts my nose. People will, will bash you for that and say, oh, she, she did plastic surgery. You know she did plastic surgery on her nose. It used to be big and now it's small. So whatever you do, it comes back to that. Whatever you do, people will have an issue with something. Even if it's a different part of you, people have something to say about you. So the key is to accept yourself. Once you accept yourself, you embrace your flaws, no one can use that against you. No one can make you feel bad about it because you know that is me and I love me the way I am. Very well said. And, and I'm so happy we're having this conversation. So if you're just joining us, it's all about talking about self-acceptance and not feeling obligated to try to change your, the way you look to fit any standards. And of course, we have a very active Facebook group, a very active Facebook audience. So I want to make sure we acknowledge everyone who's joining us on Facebook. And we also throw out a couple of questions in the beginning, such as what age should children be allowed to have social media accounts? And also what age should they have cell phones? And I want to come back to you, Abby, because I want to know if you would even recommend an Instagram account, because quite frankly, I would not recommend an Instagram account. I mean, you know, I'm nowhere close to being a youth or a teenager. 
don't even go on Instagram because I think that the images are just so unrealistic, right? So I go on there to look and to view like everyone else. But, you know, I, I, I think why portray people who are clearly been filtered, um, everything is clearly fake. What is the purpose of having that sort of information out into the world? But before you, you uh, chime in on that, let's just acknowledge one who's joining us via Facebook Live. We have Annette Philip in Queens. Annette, always great to see you. Dave Bird, Simone and Abigail listening. Hey, Dave, nice to see you. Um, Cece Christmas, great program. That's your mom. Yes, it is. Yes. Hi, Mrs. Christmas. And I want to thank you for recommending Abigail to our program. You should be very proud of your daughter. Annette says, I think 16 years for Facebook and cell phones. I agree, Annette. Brother David Lankloss, people try to judge people for their looks, but the looks from the outside, they don't know the inside of that person or the demons inside of them. Uh, uh, they're jealous of others because they don't like them, talk like them, and look like them. So the demons inside of themselves are the jealous, uh, jealous of others. Rosita White, the role of Queen Show. Good question. Mm -hmm. Let's come to that. Rosita, nice to see you out there in the UK. Um, Catherine Dublin, well-spoken, powerful program. Thank you, Catherine. Cecilia Bedman is the great topic discussion. Can you please address the body alterations in young women? For example, Brazilian butt. So I'm going to stop here because we have some good questions um, coming in, Abigail. So what Thoughts and thank you everyone for bringing up these questions because I had not thought about them. What are your thoughts on the Queen Show beauty pageants in general? Excellent question, Rosita. That is that is a great question. Beauty pageants, kind of. If you look at the reality shows that um, zoom in on beauty pageants, you see that they kind of take from the women. They make the women take out parts of themselves to portray someone they are not entirely. So you have to go on diets for so long. You have to learn to walk differently, learn to speak differently, learn different things. So you make yourself look like a more interesting person. And I feel like if you're going to have a beauty pageant, you should allow the person to showcase their beauty and not the type of beauty you think you want to see let there be diversity in the pageants because you see that almost everybody is supposed to be the same size and that is unrealistic you you showcase different sizes and you let people be themselves i put up myself to be in the beauty pageant because i think i'm beautiful i think i'm confident enough to go up for whatever title we're vying for so i think you should allow me to be myself in that pageant Yes, very well said. And then the next question from Cecilia Bedminster, another very good question. Your thoughts on, for example, Brazilian butt lifts? Okay, that's another good question. Brazilian butt lifts and so many other cosmetic surgeries are trending right now because it comes back to social media being the driver, the fuel to all of this. And Young women will see these things and they'll be like, I want to look like that. And I, they save up. Some people stay hungry. 
so they could save to have these things done. And I don't judge people for doing these things because a lot of the time when you see women doing these things, altering their bodies, it's deeper than just wanting to look pretty. A lot of the times it's because of the amount of low self-esteem. It's sometimes about being bullied because of the way you look. So you have no choice but to try to emulate that um, beauty ideal you see on, on social media. And when you look that way, who can bully you about your, your body? I don't judge anyone for, for taking these steps because you never know the circumstances of the individual. But for myself, I will not, I would not um, do it. I would not participate in it. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to push a mission that women are so comfortable in themselves that they are able to say, well, I will not um, do any of these either. I'm too far from what you're doing because I want to get back to your actual project. But I, I think we have started a very important conversation here and yeah. one that hopefully you will continue to be a part of. But also the danger that comes in this butlet, this body alterations, where you have folks who are unable to afford to go to a real surgeon, right? plastic surgeon. So you hear these stories about uh, folks going to hotel rooms and being injected and then you find out some of what they're injected with is concrete or they go because to, to get um, liposuction and then yeah. liposuction and then come back with an infection. So let's talk about this. You bringing this up right now is a coincidence because just last week I was looking at a documentary where they were interviewing a group of women and they were also making mention of a, a large number of women that died from these types of surgeries. And they interviewed a specific set of women who were able to capture uh, an impersonator. This person wasn't licensed and they were just selling black market drugs to people so they could think that it was really something to to um, do the real surgery they were injected into their bodies but it was just another regular chemical and that person was charging so much for that and no results were being seen and that was how they were able to capture them and this boils down to the same issue if you are not accepting yourself for who you are these are the extents you will go to you will use so many fake chemicals in your body just to prove a point that you are beautiful. Whereas if from inception you just accept yourself, you accept that you are beautiful, you will have no need to go through all of this because the media will showcase the beautiful outcomes, the, 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 the successful surgeries, but they will never say the, the effects and the number of people who have died from these types of things. So I believe that women need to stop relying on social media to determine who they should be, what they should like, should look like, sorry, and they should just be themselves, regardless of what the media says you should look like. You look like you. Yeah, so again, if you're just joining us, it's all about po body positivity, um, accepting who you are, embracing who you are, and especially, I think, share this information with our young ladies because again we might be super confident in who we are but think of the young ladies 
in your world. And let's just touch on the young men because we don't want to seem that we're only talking about young ladies and we're, we're kind of ignoring the fact that men are, are affected by this. And one area that comes to mind is a man's height. Right. So many times young boys get a lot of criticism because of their heights. And again, I say, what would you like me to do about my height if I'm a man and I am short? And then, you know, we hear the ladies talking about the type of guy that they want to date. And the first thing you hear them say, oh, he has to be taller than me or he has to be six feet tall. And that is just so superficial. So let's talk about the men. Okay, I'm happy you're bringing this up now. The height of a man, that has been something men have, have been insecure about for years. And we see that it's continuing because, as you mentioned, the first thing a woman will say when you ask her, what is her ideal man? Well, he has to be tall. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things a woman looks for. He has to be tall. But what happens to all of the short men? <laughs> Do they stay single? <laughs> what happens to them? Mm -hmm. So... I believe that we need to empower our men. Our men may not be like the women and complain about feeling like they have low self-esteem, but a lot of the times you can realize that they have low self-esteem, especially if they are being nagged at by, by women or by their friends or so on. Because, you know, if you're a short guy in a tall friend group, they might tell you, you know you're short, you're a girl. You know, in the Caribbean especially, we, we kind of throw these things out there, not, not thinking of the impact these comments can have. Men are also insecure because, well, now we see a trend rising where they are starting to accept chubby men. But the, the um, ideal was that you had to have six packs. You had to be tough. You had to have muscles. If you were chubby, you were not good enough. If you were short, you were not good enough. But now we see that social media is kind of bringing in a trend where fat men or chubby men are kind of being accepted now. But the question again comes back here. What happens when this trend ends? Will we still accept these men or will we fall back on whatever trend is happening in the six-pack? Will that be what we want again? We are supposed to be able to motivate our men. A lot of times women look for men to motivate them and tell them, well, you're beautiful. But are we telling our men these things? Are we making our men feel confident? Are we boosting our men's self-esteem? We need to, to do these things in order to let these men feel appreciated. Because although that man may not come to you and say, hey, I am kind of insecure about my height. I'm kind of insecure about my man boobs. He might not come to you to say that, but you need to make it your duty to support him, boost his self-esteem on a regular. So when he sees social media or whatever it is, knocking off people who look like him or men who look like him, he will be confident enough to say, well, that's how I look and I'm okay with it. Whether the society accepts it or not, I'm okay with it because that's me. And my, I have somebody by my side who appreciates me and motivates me to accept myself. And I have wholesomely accepted that I might be short, but that doesn't make me less of a man. I might be chubby, but that doesn't make me lesser than a man for six months. Yeah, and you know, we talked about the impact of the family with all of this. And I think considering everything that's going on in social media and the world around us, that is one of our responsibilities as parents, as friends of younger people, 
one of our responsibilities is to constant re- constantly reassure the younger people in our life that you're beautiful, no matter your skin complexion, no matter your hair. And I have to go back to my daughter who is 10 because her hair is a little bit tighter, knotted than mine. My hair tends to be a little bit more straight and she's always comparing us and it's natural. It's natural to do so. There is nothing with a child looking at a parent and say, well, why don't I look exactly like you? Why isn't my hair a lot more straighter than yours? And you have to reassure them, this is what God wanted you to look like. You are just as beautiful, although we may not look the same. And now, you know, my, my daughter has gotten to the point where she calls me, what she calls me? Um, banana cupcake or banana something, because now she says I'm yellow. and she's she's chocolate so you know you have to you have to have light moments and you have to make it not this this heavy topic because she's only 10 right but it's our job as family members as close friends to constantly reassure the younger ones that this is what you are supposed to look like god makes no mistakes right and and you have to embrace and love you for who you are but i just want to Take a couple of comments, and then I want to tell you to tell us about some of your successes um, to date with uh, Perfect in My Own Skin. And again, we are speaking to Miss Abigail Christmas. We're so happy she's joining us today. So Catherine Dublin says, we need to free ourselves from mental slavery. Until then, we will not appreciate our beauty made in his own image and likeness. Very well said, Rosita. So true. Roslyn, always great to see you. Listening from New York. Um, Sissy, mom, a lot of people suffer from smiling depression. Oh, that's powerful. That is actually a pleasant, a jovial person that we see, but inside they are broken. Wow. For many reasons. Some Sometimes one of the reasons is not being able to accept or appreciate yourself as you are. We all have flaws. They make us unique. Let's learn to appreciate our uniqueness for we are wonderfully made. Let's continue to eat healthy, exercise, and live a beautiful life. Now, talking about support, I recently saw a panel discussion, and I think your mom was the host. So so tell us about the support you have been receiving with this project? Well, I have been receiving support from people I know, people I don't know, because when you're doing good things, you will attract people. And no matter how small your good deed is, it's a seed you're sowing. So today we're having this conversation where we're sowing a good seed. So people will talk about it. People will know that they should be supportive of their families and know that they should reassure their families as you just said my mom as she is commenting on this live now she has been my number one fan from the beginning so i've been having a lot of support from her from the girl guys association i i have my units my troop participating in different activities. I've had some of my girls come on to panel discussions to give their their input. And I try to constantly have meetings with them about it so they are aware of the situation. A lot of them get bullied or they may see things uh, and they may not want to talk about it. So I try to engage them 
and in doing so, I get their support. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some of the activities because you talked about the panel discussion, but you're physically located in Barbados and this project is actually underway in Dominica. So kind of tell us about the logistics of how that works and just some of the activities that you do with the, the, diff- the young ladies in Dominica to help to boost their self-confidence, their avoid body shaming and all that wonderful stuff. Okay, well, um, almost all of my my activities have been virtually, and I have been able to, through my mother and her networking, and through my networking, I've been able to reach out to certain people who were able to help me um, get people who would be willing to speak about this issue. And through the Girl Guys Association, I've been using my unit and been and I've been giving them different activities to do. I've also been doing activities with the World Association of Girl Guidance and Girl Scouts. So we could have forums where we talk about it on a larger scale and reach a larger audience. Yeah. So so hopefully once COVID is over, what are some of the activities that you're hoping to have as a person? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking to go to the schools to raise this, uh, this awareness. Mm-hmm. I have made a a journal with activities in the middle of it. And I have this up for sale right now, but I'm looking to make an activity book where I could give it out to to younger children where they are able to do certain activities that will make them understand what body positivity and self-awareness is. So let's just hope that COVID doesn't have too much of an impact on this project. I was also looking forward to having face-to-face discussions. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that face-to-face interaction, sometimes you could have a more personal impact on your audience and have a better conversation. I was looking to have marches, because if we're raising awareness, we could have like marches Mm -hmm. around the town, we could have our posters. All of these activities were in the pipeline, but unfortunately, COVID. So we're not listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. So what an inspirational young lady, Miss Abigail Christmas, and I'm certainly going to have her back joining us for further programs because I think this is such an important topic. Now, speaking of important topics, uh, if you're from Dominica or if you listen to the radio in Dominica, I'm sure you've been hearing all the information about the Christmas Village that is scheduled to be open this weekend and all the uproar concerning the, you know, 
vaccine hesitancy that still exists in Dominica concerning the Omicron variants variant of COVID-19 that is now, uh, it came from South Africa, has made its way over to the U.S. and uh, predictably it may make its way over to the Caribbean. So here we have this information concerning, you know, this Christmas village in Dominica, which is going to extend the entire length of the Bayfront where there will be music and eating and a very festive season, right? Yet we have all these restrictions which have been placed on local bars, local restaurants. So tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, December 8th, for Roots Connections on Q, that is Roots Connections on Q95, this is one of the pieces of information we will be investigating because as it relates to the musician, the DJs, the entertainers in Dominic, these folks have been out of work for at least two years, right? So part of the program will be exploring a vision moving forward for these DJs, entertainers, and everyone who relies on the entertainment industry to earn an income. But I also think it is important to look at the double standards that exist in Dominica, where one set of people are allowed to have this sort of, uh, you know, extensive events that are potentially super spreaders, especially when we hear that the tourists who are coming in via the cruise ships will be allowed to participate participate in these events, but yet our local people are suffering. So I hope that you will join me tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Dominica time for Roots Connections on Q on Q95 station as we explore this topic. And so we continue, as you know, when we get off the radio, we head over to Facebook Live for our programs. And you definitely want to set your reminder for next week because one of the interviews we recently had via our Facebook program was with Mr. Kofi Thomas. And I know Miss Liz Thomas out there in Massachusetts, you're a huge fan of the program and you're most likely listening this evening. So I want to thank you again for bringing Kofi Thomas to our attention. Kofi is an urban farmer and his garden, the Good Life Garden, has gained such popularity that he was recently featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So Kofi was gracious enough to stop by to tell us all about, uh, you know, his successes and his, uh, his challenges of getting this garden going. So you certainly want to set your reminder for next week as we explore and speak to Kofi Thomas about his his garden in Brooklyn. And so we continue the programming on Facebook Live. As a matter of fact, our featured program, our featured video this week on Push Past 10, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10, if you're a first-time listener, is going to be our Sassanu program. So again, our Creole speaking program. We went all the way to St. Lucia to recruit Mr. John Satney to join the program. So he was able to stop by and tell us all the wonderful work that St. Lucia is doing to secure and promote and elevate their Creole. And it is no wonder that when you go to St. Lucia, you find that folks in castries from the very young to the elderly speak Creole fluently because they have invested in their Creole language. And that is my mission. I want to see more of us as Dominicans speaking Creole fluently. So again, 
Sasenu from last uh, Tuesday will be our featured video uh, this week. And in terms of our uh, our tip for the week, I thought I would just allow the story of Abigail Christmas to be aired for most of the time. But I just want to remind us as the tip for the week for this week to never let what you cannot do get in the way of what you can do. Because I think sometimes we see so many obstacles in our way that we forget to focus on what we are able to do. So whatever your goal is that you're working on this year, whether it is, it is to lose weight, to uh, organize your finances, to go back to college, I want you to spend some time focusing and celebrating everything that you've been able to accomplish this year rather than focusing on what you have not yet done and what has not gone well. So I thought I would leave you with that tip for today as we get ready to wind down the village. So I hope that you will join us for our Facebook live programming and also keep in mind that now when we go live via Facebook, we're also live on YouTube as well. So I know that a lot of folks are not on Facebook. So we want to again thanks TDN Radio for ensuring that we go, can go live on YouTube as well. So I hope that you enjoyed our time together. I always look forward to getting powered up with you right here on TDN Radio as we get energized for the week ahead. So again, we will be back next week, same time, same place, right here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. And just a reminder, the last two weeks of December, I will be taking some time off to just enjoy some time with the family. So we're going to head up to New York City, see some family, enjoy some Christmas spirit. So I hope that you too have wonderful plans for the Christmas season. So we will be back. We will be here next week, uh, December 14th, but then the next two weeks we will be off the air, but we will be back in January to get powered up. So again, it it's been wonderful being here with you. Don't forget to stay active, stay positive, stay engaged, and stay productive. And remember that your life story is your strength. Remember to tap in to your potential and remember to start thinking about plans for the new year. So what did not work out this year and how are you going to ensure that the goals that you have set for yourself will have a better chance of being accomplished um, next Next year. So again, I am Simone Senhouse, Simone Matthew. Oops, just throwing my maiden name right in there. <laughs> so again, I am Simone Matthew. And as always, it's been wonderful being here with you. And I will see you back right here next week, same time, same place. So you have yourself a wonderful